This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Okay, my name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so glad you you joined us. We've been in this series called Piggy Bank over the last couple weeks. We're actually in our last week of it, so I know some of you guys are like, yes, I can tell my friends to come to church now. They're not going to talk about money anymore after this week, and so, yes, you can. You can can invite them. Next week's going to be awesome. I promise you that. I actually, I have a friend coming in to speak next week, and he is awesome. We call him the Dark Shepherd, and uh, his name is Bernard, and and he's been here before, and if you've been here for, for Pastor Bernard, he is unbelievable, and so you know, make sure you're here. He, he will rock your world. But we've been in this series, Piggy Bank, and we've been talking about this whole idea of putting our finances back together, putting our financial life back together. And there's a statement by Billy Graham that I was thinking about this week that I think is so relevant to this whole conversation that we've been having the last couple of weeks. And he says this, he says, if a person gets their thinking right about money, it will straighten out almost every other area of their life. And I think that statement is so true. If we can get our thinking about money straightened out, it seems like when we have the right thoughts and we have the right process for our finances in our life, everything else in life just seems to be a lot better for some reason. I don't know why that is. I think it's probably because it's a pretty biblical principle. And that's really what we've been talking about here over the last couple of weeks is getting to the heart of our piggy bank and how do we do that? And the first week we dove in and we talked about, you know, who's number one in our lives? Who's in the first place in our piggy bank's life? You know, is that us? Is it something else? Is it our careers? Is it our, is it our kids? What is number one in our lives? And we talked about the fact that, that God from the beginning of a time has been trying to establish this whole idea that he wants to be first in our lives. He doesn't want to be in second place. He doesn't want to be in fifth place. He doesn't want to be in 25th place. He wants to be in first place in our lives. And we when we put him in first place in our lives, everything else seems to fall into the right area. The last week we talked about the condition of our piggy bank, the heart of our piggy bank. Where is our heart in the matter? Because the, the reality is, is this series really isn't about finances. It's about our heart. Where's our heart? Where are we putting things? Where is our value being placed? And so we looked at some different things uh, of, of, of thinking about whether we're consumers or we've learned to be content in life. What are some of the, the disciplines in life that, that we're still striving to be and where are we at in those things? And this week, we're gonna get really, really practical and we're gonna just dive into the nitty gritty of what is really going on with our piggy bank? Because if you're young, if you're 40 or younger, you know you you probably haven't had the privilege of of really understanding and knowing what exactly and how to manage your piggy bank. It just seems like we weren't really taught these principles. I don't know about you guys, but growing up, I I, I come from a divorced family, and so I have two sets of parents. I have a, a set of parents that's been really really wise financially, and then I that have had a set that uh, was not wise at all. They actually made tons of money but they have nothing to show for. And so I got to see these two principles, these two ways of lives lived out. And I got to, to see ideas from this set of family that was great at, at uh, making money and doing things and starting businesses. And yet I got to see on this other side, the, this family that was very wise with what they had and they learned how to save and they learned how to live with margin. And I got to get a really great perspective of that. But the problem is, is that very few of us have had that uh, opportunity in life. Most of us, if you're like me, when I went through my economics class in high school, I don't really remember them ever really teaching me anything. I don't even remember them ever teaching me how to even balance my checkbook. And so, you know, they didn't really prepare me for this world. They basically just put me through a whole bunch of information. 
that really hasn't set me up to win. And this is the thing, if we're relying on the government to teach us how to manage our finances, we're in big trouble, aren't we? If you've looked at the economic picture of our country and how they spend money, if you're relying on the school system to teach your kids and teach the next generation, we are just in big, big trouble because they can't figure it out for themselves, let alone teach us how to do it. And so today I think it's gonna be very, very important for us to look in and dive into what are some practical things that we can do in our lives to get the situations with our piggy banks worked out because the situation that the majority of us find ourselves in are pretty dire straits right now. I mean, there's some pretty difficult times. And this is the thing, we can't cover it all today, but we're going to get some foundation kind of laid, some things where you can kind of start diving into and understanding where am I at in this process? And it'll start you down the path to getting your finances put in order. And I want to start with this kind of fact for today that we all need to know and that we all need to understand. And that fact is, is that God promises us peace when it comes to our finances. Now, I know that for some of you, you think that, man, I, I just don't see how that is because I've never had peace in my finances. My finances have always been a mess. My finances have always been in shambles and it doesn't matter what I seem to do. It seems like there's always stress. There's always all this stuff there. But God really desires for us to have peace. But a lot of times we're working off of a different model than what God instilled because we go by what the world says rather than what God says. And what the world tells us is, man, go spend all you can, go get all you can, go consume all you can in a Eventually, if you do enough of that, you'll be happy. You'll be satisfied in life. And so we go and we get on that path and we do all those things. But yet at the end of the day, none of those things ever bring us happiness. And the exact opposite is true with God. God doesn't say, go get all you can. God says, man, give and trust me and see what happens in your life. And it's a complete and total paradigm shift for us. And so if we're gonna really understand how God wants to get us on the right track, we're gonna have to look to him and and we're gonna have to look at some things that I believe that we have got to do if we're gonna get our finances in order this year and we're gonna have the best life that God intended for us. If we're gonna get to the heart of our piggy bank and have some really practical piggy bank repair, there are five things I believe that you and I have got to do this year. The first thing that we've got to do is we have got to quit living unconsciously. We've got to quit living unconsciously. I don't, is anybody out there like really, really good at sleep? Like sleep might be your spiritual gift. Like you can sleep anywhere at any time, any place. Doesn't matter. You can drink like 17 liters of Mountain Dew and then you can take a nap. Like it just, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, it's my gift too. I, I, I love sleep. Like I think like there should be like a small group about sleep and we should talk about how we can go to sleep, how we can get better sleep how often we sleep. I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities with sleep. I mean, this is definitely rest. God talked about rest. And so uh, I love sleeping. And when I was a kid, I was that kid that when I went to sleep, there was nothing in the world that was gonna wake me up. I mean, there could be a tornado. There could be a fire alarm. Somebody could, in fact, my parents tell this story that when, we were, when I was like eight years old, we had a robbery in our house where people came in and they stole all this stuff. And they stole a whole bunch of stuff out of my room while I was asleep. I never even knew. The cops came. They were filing all this stuff. They were searching through my, I never even woke up. I slept through the entire thing. I mean, I can just go through life unconsciously. I mean, and then, and then because of that, I was never really good at waking up for school. If any of you guys have kids that are like that, let me just tell you what'll solve that problem is a bucket of cold water right in the morning. That will get you up. That will get your kid out of bed. I promise you. But my parents decided not to do that. They decided they were going to give me an alarm instead. And so when the alarm goes up, when you, when you like to sleep a lot, what is the thing you instantaneously do when the alarm goes off? You hit snooze. Do you remember you hitting snooze? No. 
And so you just, can, you, do you know that you, like snooze, well, you can just hit snooze all day long. Like it'll just, it'll just continue to go. And so I would do that. And then my parents would come in and be like, you're late for school. I'd be like, I didn't hear the alarm go off because I was living unconsciously. I was just snoozing through it. And I was just pulling the covers back over my head. I was pulling the pillow on me and acting like nothing was going on. And so many of us, that's exactly what we do in our finances. We just think, oh man, I don't really like what's happening. I'm gonna hit snooze and I'm gonna cover back up and I'm gonna ignore what's happening in life. And so many of us are going through life and we think, man, we're just gonna play in life. And, and what I believe that God is trying to say to us, he's trying to hit the alarm of our life and he's trying to say, you know what? Playtime is over. Playtime is over for you. It's not you're gonna live unconsciously anymore. It's not that you're gonna stay in bed and just pull the, the cover over your head and put the pillow on and just ignore everything. The days of unlimited fun and, and just going into as much debt as you want to because there's always gonna be more money, those days are over. It's time to wake up. It's time to come to grips with reality and take some action in our lives and realize that we are not eight years old anymore. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you ain't eight anymore. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, you ain't eight anymore either. If you don't have a neighbor, then you can just talk to yourself and look crazy. I don't know what you, but we're not eight anymore, man. We need to grow up. We need to realize that, man, we cannot just coast through life. We need to recognize that we have got to start living in reality. We have got to live in reality. And this is the thing, until we know where we are, we can't end up where we wanna be. Until we know where we are, we can't end up where we wanna be. And so we gotta get in reality and start recognizing where are we because the holidays are over, man, the economy's bad and it's time to stop messing around and start recognizing where we are in life. And this is what the Bible says in Proverbs 27, 23 and 24. It says, be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds for riches do not endure forever and the crown is not secure for all generations. Here's what the writer of Proverbs, here's the warning that he's giving. He's saying, if you don't know where your money's going, it's liable just to wander away. If you don't know where your money's going, it's liable to just wander away. He's saying, listen, listen, uh, shepherds, shepherds, if you don't know what's happening with your flock, you know what's happening, your flock is running away. He's saying, people, today, if you don't know what's happening with your money, you know what, your wallet is walking away right now. Here is the warning to you. Get a clue about what is happening in your life. He's saying, he's saying to us, do you know the condition of your flocks? He's saying to us, do you know the condition of your finances right now? Do you know the condition of your finances? Or are you just living unconsciously and you're just hoping, oh, I hope it works out this month. You know, you're, you're putting, I'm believing in faith on my bills. And, you know, uh, Visa don't really care if you believe in faith. Uh, Wells Fargo will come and take your home even if you're believing in faith because you don't have a clue what's going on. And so today, man, we need to know the condition of our finances. We need to, we need, we need to do a couple things. We need to quit denying reality and face it. It's time for us, some of us, to stop and face the music in life and say, this is where I really am. And then we, we need to face the facts of that reality. And some of those facts are gonna be pretty painful. It's gonna be like, man, I'm spending a lot more than I make and, that, and that's gonna hurt. And then we need to talk to our spouse about that thing. If we're married, if we're not, then we need to talk to somebody that, that knows something so they can help us a little bit so we can get some accountability in life and start talking with those people. Because until we know where we are, we can never get to where we wanna be in life. If we don't have any direction, we're gonna end up nowhere or we're gonna end up somewhere that we never really wanted to be. And so 
And so my challenge for us is, man, instead of living unconsciously, we need to start living consciously. And what we need to do is, is if you don't have a clue where you are, for the next three months, take every single dime that you spend and keep every receipt for it. Take every receipt and recognize this is where my money is going because your money is going somewhere every single month. It's going to pay Visa. It's going to, to help that, that lady at Starbucks with her 401k. It's going to uh, Aldo for all you ladies buying shoes. I mean, it's going somewhere. And so we need to know where that money is floating away to. And, and if, you don't, if you don't use cash in life like we don't, we use credit cards for everything, we, we sign up for a service called mint.com. If you put your information in there, it'll tell you everywhere where your money is going. And it is painful. It is painful to see that 15% of your budget goes to coffee. I mean, that's just not right. Or in my case, shoes. I don't know. I, it's just weird. Um, but it's, you need to know where your money is going. We cannot live unconsciously in life. And so if we're not gonna live unconsciously, that means we gotta take the blindfold off of our piggy bank. We've gotta, we've gotta remove the duct tape from, from the pig's eyes. We gotta go and we gotta rip the, the blinders off that we've been living with because you know we need to go and we need to get on a budget. I know that nobody likes the B word, uh, the budget. Nobody's looking, nobody wants that word in their life. But listen to this, 91% of Americans do not live it on budget. That means that they don't have a clue where their money is going every single month. They don't have any idea where it's coming in from or where it's going out of. I mean, it is ludicrous to, to not have any clue. It's like driving a, trying to take a road trip without a map. Nobody in their right mind would do that. Nobody would say, I'm trying to go to North Carolina and just start driving and, end, and expect to get, end up someplace on purpose, would you? Like you might end up there on accident, but you would not end up there on purpose because you don't have any idea. And when you've gone around in a circle and you've seen the, seven, the same McDonald's seven or eight times in a row, all of a sudden what happens on that road trip? You get pissed. At least I do. I hate being lost. And so many of us, we're lost in life because we've been walking around with a blindfold on, trying to know, oh, trying to hope. Oh man, I just hope I end up there at some point. I hope I get to that place. And that's why this baby boomer generation right now that's, that's retiring right now can't retire because they haven't saved any money in life. They had no idea. They helped that everybody else was gonna take care of them and they did not take care of themselves because they put blinders on. And I don't want that to happen to us. There is no reason that has to happen to us. We have got to know where our money is going. And until we know where it's going, man, we're never going to have control of our piggy bank until we realize where every dime is going. And so we need to know how are we living on our income? What percentage of our income are we even living on? And I know that this is so much fun. Everybody's like, yeah, I get to hear about money. But do you know that the average American spends 103% of their income? 103 I know, it's funny, isn't it? Like, how do you even do that? It's not even, it's because we're living on more than what we make. And the cold, hard facts are is that, is that South Florida is the worst area, the second worst area in the country for credit card debt. You know what that tells me? People are living unconsciously and they're living with blindfolds on and they're thinking, man, I can just spend now and it's never going to affect me. And don't we owe it to ourselves to know where our money is going? Don't we owe it to ourselves to, to understand where, that is, where that's taking place? Don't we owe it even more? Don't we owe it to God to know where that money's going since he gave it to us to steward it? And I wanna encourage you as you get in there and you take the blindfold off and you start seeing where your money is going. There's a, there's a formula that, that my wife and I use and the, the church uses as well. And we live on the 10, 10, 80 principle. We give 10% of our income away. We save 10% of our income and we spend the rest. It's a, it's a great 
way to live and have margin in your life because you never know when you're gonna have a rainy day. You never know when something bad is gonna happen and you're gonna need something set aside to, to have something in your life. And listen, what you need to do is you need to go home and add up all of your bills. And, and, and at, at the end of adding up all those bills, if they add up to more than what you make, then you're in trouble. And then you're gonna have to start cutting and you're gonna have to get yourself into a matter where you're in budget. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. But the distance between what you make and what you spend is what I like to call margin in life. And it's the place where I, I, I want all of us to get to. I believe it's the place where God wants every single one of us to live. And this is what he says in Proverbs 21, 20. It says, in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil but a foolish man devours all that he has. It says, in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. The reason our country is in the situation that we find ourselves in, the reason that we find ourselves in the crisis and the mess that we have right now is we have failed to live out this principle that God is putting right here. We, we as a nation, as an individuals, have lived way too long without margin, and we have spent everything that we had. And as a result, we're, we're, we're seeing the results of that with so many people filing for bankruptcy and so many people in massive credit card debt and so many people losing jobs and all those things because when we devour all we have, it always leads to destitute. It always leads to that place. And, and, and this is the thing we gotta understand. If we do nothing else, if you don't take anything else from this message, if you don't listen to anything else I say, take this, build margin in your life because the place where peace lives in your life is where margin is. And the reason we have no peace is because we have no margin. There's no room for, for that, that abundance to come into because we've made no place for it. And, and I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when you don't have margin in your life, it seems like that's always the time that bad things happen. That's always when the transmission goes out, isn't it? It's always when the, the things that we're at least expecting, it's always when the kid has a broken arm and we need to go to the doctors and because we don't have insurance, we gotta pay for that all of ourselves. And all of a sudden, because we have no margin built into our lives, it's horrible. But what happens is when we have margin and we go to, to the mall and when there's that super sale on shoes, we can buy as many shoes as we want. We don't have to just settle for one. We can settle for 17 because we have margin. I know some of y'all are saying, why does that dude talk about shoes all the time? Because I love them. They're from Jesus. He, he talked about sandals. I mean, he was all about shoes. But this is the thing, man. We have got to build margin in our lives. We've got to build this place where there's some balance there that where when catastrophe happens, we don't succumb to that catastrophe because there's some space in between what we have and what we should be spending. And so we gotta understand, we, we, gotta, we, gotta, we gotta stop living unconsciously in life. And we gotta, we gotta take the blindfold off of our piggy bank. But, but more than anything else is we gotta quit spending what's not ours. We've gotta quit spending what's not ours. Because when we go into debt for something, we are paying with money we don't have yet. And I learned this from a friend of mine. Uh, 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 he, he loves credit cards, I, and I don't know why, but he learned a very valuable principle. He was telling me that 
uh, a little over 12 years ago, he was out and he was really hungry and he lived on his credit cards. And, and so, you know, Subway has been running a, a thing, $5 foot long for, for years now. And so he's like, man, I'm hungry. And he went and bought a Subway sub for five bucks. You know, for a guy, five bucks for a 12 foot inch, 12 inch sub. I mean, that's a pretty good, that's a good deal. I mean, that makes sense, but he paid for it with his credit card. He said, for the next 12 years, I made minimum payments on my credit card. Do you know that that sub that he bought for $5 on credit ended up costing him over $23? How many of you guys are gonna go to Subway today and pay 23 bucks for a $5 foot long? Anybody out there? Anybody out there gonna go do that? Anybody want that deal? One person. He, he's gonna take a financial seminar after this. None of us are gonna take that deal. It doesn't matter how hungry we are. We would just say that, that person's dumb, right? We, like, he's just not all there. You know, in, in the South, what we would call that, we would say like, oh man, just bless his heart. You know, it's, it's kind of like that person that walks in that doesn't match. You know, they're wearing a green top with, a, with an orange and bl black bottoms and pink shoes and they have red hair and you're like, sweetheart, bless your heart. What does that mean? That means you're an idiot. And when we're living, when we're going and spending money that we don't have that's not ours, you know what I just want to say to us? And I think what God says, man, just bless their heart. They're, they're the ones that I made that are few fries short of a Happy Meal. You know, they're just, they're just not the sharpest knife in the drawer, man. I need to help them out. They don't have to live that way. And, and we've got to recognize that God never intended for us to live that way. We are not to live beyond our means. We're to live within our means. And the problem is, is so many of us have stupid debt in our lives. And what do I mean by stupid debt? I mean, uh, dumb debt is credit card debt, bank fees, service charges, uh, in my case, speeding tickets. I mean, that's just dumb debt that you have in your life. You know, and it's, it's stuff that, that messes up your life. And God, more than anything else, wants us to get organized. He wants us to get a hold of those areas of our lives and stop living uh, that way where we're a slave to that thing. In fact, I, I wanna recommend, you know, there's lots of books out there. I, I like Dave Ramsey. I recommend Dave Ramsey. Man, if you have dumb debt in your life, go get Dave Ramsey's Total, Total Money Makeover or go grab a guy named Joe Sangle's uh, book, I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. And, and they have principles in there of how to snowball and get rid of debt and get rid of those things that are in your life right now that are choking out the substance of your life because this is what the Bible says. This is why we need to do that. It says in Proverbs 22, seven, it says the borrower is slave to the lender. The borrower is slave to the lender. And I don't know if, if we've really gathered this or not, but have you ever called your credit card company? I, my wife and I had credit cards for a long time. For the past six years, we, we, we don't have a credit card. We don't own a credit card. We have our, our check card. But I remembered when everything changed the day that I realized this, I called up my credit card company. We are, we are majorly in debt. And I called them up and I, and I, and you know, it's automated of course, cause nobody, you can never talk to a real person. But when I did get to a real person, you know what they wanted to know? They wanted to know one thing. They wanted to know what's my number. They didn't want to know my name. They didn't want to know my situation. They wanted to know my number. And that's when I knew that I was in trouble because I learned by going into prisons and preaching the, how they refer to prisoners. You know how they know who a prisoner is? They know him by his number. You know what you are to your credit card company? You're a number that is one of their slaves. You are imprisoned. Just like we imprison people who break the law, they imprison us with debt. And the Bible right here is saying, you know what? When you go and you get money that's not yours, all of a sudden you become a prisoner to that company. And all you are to that company is just another number. Now imagine what your life would look like if you didn't have dumb debt. 
Imagine just for a second. I mean, think of all of you could do if you didn't have to pay for things that you've already purchased. Think about it if you didn't have to continue to pay for uh, those shoes that you got rid of six months ago that you bought two years ago that you're still making minimum payments on. Or think about that vacation that you put on the credit card in Vegas where you spent more than you really had and you, you gambled it away and you thought, man, that was a great time, but you're still paying for it six years later. Imagine what you could do this week as you're working away for, for things that you've already purchased that you're giving those hours of your hard-earned time to. What could you do with those things? Because that's what God wants us to recognize is that so many of us, we're mortgaging our future today instead of living out our future for what God wants for us. Because we don't have any clue where we're going in life. We don't have a plan and we're spending what is not ours. And so what we gotta do, man, is we gotta pick up the piggy banks of our lives. And this is actually my piggy bank. So uh, this is, we live this out. We actually have a piggy bank that sits in our, in our bathroom. That's why it's got a hairspray and all kinds of cool gunky stuff all over it. And uh, this is actually our, our, our savings. We put money in here. There's like $100 bills and $20 bills and a lot of pennies uh, in here. Uh, this is our vacation fund. This is how we, we go on vacation every year. Every, every dime extra cash that we ever have seems to end up in this thing. And so we hold on to it. But man, we got to take this piggy bank of our lives that it's, that's a mess and we got to throw it in front of the bus. Man, we got to do some drastic things if we're going to get the piggy bank of our lives in order. And, it, and you know what? If what you're doing hasn't worked, why are you gonna continue to do the same things over and over again and expect different results? That is just insanity, but yet so many of us do that in our finances. We just think, oh man, if I, just, if I can just continue down this path of just spending whatever and not really knowing, then someday it's gonna change. No, it's not. It's only gonna change when we make some conscious decisions. And here's the good news, and there's some bad news. The good news is, is, is that you can be as financially free as you wanna be. You can be as, as free as you wanna be. The bad news is, is that it's gonna take some work to get there. It's gonna take some conscious living that you're gonna to have to make. The degree of sacrifice that you're willing to make is gonna be the degree of financial flexibility you're gonna have in your life. And so today you're gonna to have to, to make some choices. I know this for myself. I've had to make some choices and things in my life. I got married, actually today is my anniversary. I've been married to my wife for 12 years. Um, and so... Uh, it's pretty amazing that she put up with me for 12 years. In fact, one of the reasons I say that is because when we got married, I weighed 165 pounds. I mean, I, I kind of rope-a-doped her. I got married, and then I, like, I packed on like 100 pounds. It's it crazy. Like in eight months, I, I went from a size 31 to a size 44. How many of y'all can say, that dude was fat, you know? I mean, I wasn't talking about me, so I mean, I could talk crap. I, I was fat, you know, and, and I didn't even realize that it was happening. That was the crazy thing, is that it, it, was, it was just a whole bunch of subtle, unconscious decisions that brought me to that point. It was, it was like, oh, I should eat a salad here, but I'm gonna eat like three breakfast burritos instead. And uh, instead of drinking that glass of water, I'm gonna drink a liter of Mountain Dew. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't seem like a big thing in the moment, but all those little subconscious decisions that I just wasn't paying attention to were the things that brought me to this place where I was extremely obese. And so many times that's exactly what we do. We don't even realize subconsciously we're, we're, we're living 
unconsciously in our lives and we're making all these decisions and they're taking to us to a place that we never wanted to be. And you know what I've realized is that I, I've, I've worked my, myself down to about a, 190 pounds today, but the, all those unconscious decisions that got me there that were really subtle and really easy, it's taken a lot of really diligent decisions and a lot of conscious decisions and a lot of saying, you know what, I'm never gonna drink soda again. I'm only gonna drink water and, and I'm not gonna eat uh this. I'm not going to eat sugars. I'm not going to eat white flour. I'm going to stick to, you know, proteins and I'm going to stick to rice and I'm going to stick to all those things that where, where my life is very limited now for the season while I'm trying to get my life back in order so I don't die of a heart attack next week because I've decided I've got to live consciously and the degree of sacrifice that I put in my life and I make in my life is the degree of health that I'm going to have in my life. And the same thing is true with our finances. The degree of sacrifice that we're going to take, that it's going to take to get us in order is going to equal the degree of, of financial freedom that we can have in our lives. And those few years of living unconsciously have taken a ton of sacrifice today to get to the place where I am and I'm still not there. But my question for you is what drastic measure are you going to have to take? What is the drastic measure that you're gonna to have to take today to get your financial piggy bank back in order? Are you gonna to have to go and take a second job and maybe work a second job for a period of time to pay off your credit card debt? Are you gonna to have to uh, maybe sell one of your cars or sell half your furniture so you can take that money and carpool and save on gas and save on insurance so you can, so you can do that? Or are you gonna quit drinking those fancy lattes that you like to drink every single day and you're gonna say, I'm not gonna drink those so I can save that money and put it towards my future. You know, what are you gonna do to make that happen? Are you gonna decide I'm gonna go move in with some other people so I can reduce my rent so maybe I'm not a Playboy bachelor anymore. Now I have four roommates that are slobs, but I'm saving money and I'm not gonna be a slave to the lender anymore. What are you gonna do? What are the drastic decisions that you're gonna have to make? Maybe it's gonna be that you can't have that fancy gym membership anymore. You're gonna have to go outside where it's hot and you're gonna have to run and do push-ups and sit up and, and do something, you know, to save money. I don't know what it's gonna be for you, but some of us need to make some drastic decisions because the price that you are willing to pay to have more margin, to have more peace, and to have less stress in your life will be the greatest decisions that you make in your life. And some of you today, you're overwhelmed by stress and you're overwhelmed by all those things because you have made subconscious decisions that you're gonna live your life that way. And God today is quickening you and he's, he's saying to you, you know what, there's some changes you need to make today. There's some drastic things that you need to, you need to reorder your life in and there's some things you need to start taking action in today. Because here's the thing, we have got to get a new plan for our life. We can't continue on the old plan. The old plan for the majority of us has not given us uh, the direction for our lives that we wanted. And so how do we get a new plan? I think we gotta get help. You know what? If you haven't been able to figure it out to this point, you're probably not gonna be able to figure it out on your own. So talk to somebody who's smarter than you. Maybe you don't have a clue who is smarter than you. Man, take out your, your worship guide, Fill that out, put in there, man, I want some help in my finances. And there are accountants in our churches, there are CPAs, there are financial planners that have said to me, man, I would love to help people get their finances in order because I don't want them to be a slave to the bondage of debt anymore. And now we will do whatever it takes as a church to help you get that way. You know, go out and buy a book like Dave Ramsey's book or Joe Sangle's book or one of the other hundreds of books that are out there on finances and start working a plan. Get some help in your life. The other thing we need to do is we need to get serious. We can't just play with our money, man. This is a serious thing. This is something that's very important for us to take seriously because this is our future. I don't want you to end up 65, 70 years old with no plan. 
And so we've got to get serious today. We can't wait any longer. We've got to make a decision today, stop living the way that we used to live and start living the way that God intended for us to live. We also, I think we got to get accountable. We got to get some people in our lives that we can be honest with, that can be honest with us about where we are in our finances, that know where we're trying to go and can get in our grill and can get in our junk and say, you know what, what's happening right there? Because there is power in accountability. I love what James says in 5.16. He says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I believe that God wants to heal a lot of us in this financial area, in our financial piggy bank, but we've got to get real and we've got to get authentic in this area. And we've got to say, this is where I am and this is where I need help and I'm giving you permission to speak into my life here. In fact, there's a, there's a church that I love. It's called North Point Community Church. It's in Alpharetta, Georgia. It's a suburb of Atlanta and and there was a small group that they had there that, that I read this story about that there was a, a group of, of, of 12 families that had gotten together and they decided, you know what, a whole bunch of them were in debt. There were four that were like in over $25,000 worth of credit card debt, some other ones that were like 10, 15. And this group, in their small group, they decided, you know what, we're tired of being a slave. Uh, their pastor, Andy Stanley, preached a message about this, and they said, we're tired of being slaves. Let's get real with one another. Let's get real. And every week, what we're gonna do is we're gonna come in here and we're gonna write down where we're at. We're gonna write down how much we've re reduced our debt every single week, and we're gonna hold each other accountable. And if that number's not going down, we're gonna say, what did you do? Why, why did that not change? And they started doing that. And do you know that within one year, every single one of those families was out of debt? Not saying that, you know, that was some magic formula, just put it on a chalkboard every week and you're gonna get out of debt, but there was power and accountability. There was healing that was taking place. They had people that were encouraging them. When they would, when they would reduce debt, man, they would celebrate together. And when they, would, when they were struggling with something, man, they would push one another. And they saw their lives transformed. They were no longer a slave to Visa or MasterCard or American Express. They were, they were consciously able to say, you know what, I'm gonna be a slave to God. Because that's really what, what God is about. And in this whole series, what it's really been about is this whole idea. Is, is this whole thing of wherever your life is out of control. And for most of us, that's in our finances. Is the area that God is not in control. And God today, man, he's trying not to control just a portion of your life or this part of that aspect. Man, he wants all of your life. He didn't send his son so that he could have a part of us. He sent his son so that he could have all of us. And some of us today, we've been living unconsciously and our lives have been out of control. And God today is saying, man, I want to take control of your life. I want you to live a completely different way. And I know it's not going to make any sense. It doesn't, you know, the mathematics of it don't add up. But I live differently. And the, my ways are not your ways. And my thoughts are not your thoughts. They're way above those. But my way is a better way. And this is what God promises. He promises us peace and he promises us joy. You know what he really gives more than anything else is he gives true meaning and satisfaction to life. And I think that that's what all of us, if we were to truly look at our lives, is what we're all after. It's, all, it's what we're all pursuing and desiring Now imagine just for a second. If you didn't have all the dumb debt that you have right now and you weren't such, in such bondage to your mortgage company or to the credit card company or to 
some friend that loans you money, what would your life look like a year from now? What could you do? For some of you, man, God has been tugging at your heart to, to go on a missions trip or to, or to step out and start doing something for him or even start tithing, but you've been saying to yourself, man, I, I, there's just no way possible. I don't have any margin in my life that I can do that. And the reason you haven't been able to fulfill the purpose and plan of God in your life is because something has been holding you back. And today God is saying, man, let's take the first step towards moving to that. What would our church look like if we weren't in, as individuals in bondage to these things? What can we do for this community? What can we do for that single mom out there that's struggling right now to pay her grocery bills and to pay her electric bills? Man, we can meet every single one of those needs because there would be more than enough for everybody. Imagine what the transformation of this community would look like if there were people that could live in freedom and had the financial responsibility and ability to do the things that God has called them to do without any, any thought or, or, or reward to it, but just knowing that, man, God is in complete and total control and that I can trust him with everything. And when I do, he does immeasurably more than all I could ask or imagine. Imagine what that would be like. It would be unbelievable. But that's what God imagines for us. We just can't see it for ourselves because of how blinded we have been by our circumstances. And I believe that for some of us here today, and I hope for all of us that changes. That today is the first day to the very beginning of a financially free life that God intended for you. And it starts with your step towards him saying, you know what, God, I'm not gonna continue to live out of control, but I'm gonna put you in control of my life. Let's pray. God, we just come before you. And we thank you that, God, you, more than anything, you want us to live in freedom in our finances. You didn't intend for us to be overwhelmed by debt and by all these things. God, you, you wanted us to be overwhelmed by you. I just pray here today that as, as some of us have found ourselves just locked up and slaved to these things, that we would break the bondage and the strongholds of debt in our lives here today. You know, the Bible says that, that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that word there, steal, man, he's trying to, to steal our future. And one of the ways he does that is through uh, the economics of our life. And I believe that today, God, you're trying to, to right that path. You're trying to right that, that pathway. And today we need to take the steps down there. We need to stop living unconsciously and we need, to, we need to be conscious of our situation. We need to be aware of where we are and say, you know what, today, God, I'm not gonna lose control anymore, but I'm gonna put you in control. I'm gonna put you back in that first place in my life. And that might mean for me going and getting a budget or that might mean getting some accountability. I don't know what that means for you. That might mean just saying today, I'm putting you first, God, and taking your step. Maybe it's writing it down and throwing it in the offering basket so that somebody can take that and call you this week and help you get on a budget. Maybe for you, it's, it's trusting God with your finances and saying, you know what, I'm gonna start trusting him and I'm gonna start tithing, and I'm gonna start giving and it's writing that check that I don't know what it is for you and it doesn't, it doesn't matter because what it is for you is the most important decision you can make today. And I know it seems like your circumstances, I know it seems like your dilemma, I know it seems like everything around you says there's just not possible. 
for God to, to resurrect your dead situation, for God to put together the broken pieces of your financial life. But let me just tell you something, God is able, and there's all throughout the Bible, when people said, you know what, God, I'm gonna trust you, God always provided, and he always did above and beyond what they could imagine. And I've been praying all morning, God, that you would prepare the hearts of people that, that they would be ready for you to give them more than they ever could imagine. And so, God, right now, I just pray that as people are taking their steps, God, that you would just overwhelm them with your grace and with your mercy. They would see, know, and understand and grasp the fullness of who you are, God, that you really are like Ephesians says, able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine according to your power and riches in Christ Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing right now. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.